I feel like we're in a dream. Well, dreams, they feel real while we're in them, right? It's only when we wake up, then we realize that something was actually strange. What's happened happened. It's an expression of faith in the mechanics of the world. It's not an excuse for doing nothing. Now you're looking for the secret, but you won't find it because you're not really looking. You don't really want to know the secret. You want to be fooled. You don't want the truth. You make up your own truth, like your police file. It was complete when I gave it to you. Who took out the 12 pages? Their morals, their code. It's a bad joke dropped at the first sign of trouble. They're only as good as the world allows them to be. You'll see. I'll show you. When the chips are down, these uh, civilized people, they'll eat each other. See, I'm not a monster. I'm just ahead of the curve. No, brother. They expect to find one of us in the wreckage. The fire rises. All right, all right, all right. We used to look up at the sky and wonder at our place in the stars. (laughs) Now we just look down and worry about our place in the dirt. We live in a twilight world. There are no friends at dusk. Let me sleep. Let me sleep. Go ahead. This is a layover episode dedicated to covering Tenet, the new film from Christopher Nolan, and our top five Nolan films across the board. Eric, I just want to congratulate you on a stellar you had back to back you had joker and mcconaughey so i want to congratulate you on two uh, great impressions i appreciate that because I, I i'm not that great at impressions i i like how you gave me mcconaughey one that was that was a challenge for me and the joker one as well but uh, i did enjoy doing the mcconaughey one for sure yeah uh, i uh interstellar is one of the ones that i'm interested to talk to you about because you said you did rewatch it recently right i did rewatch it on sunday because that's one i haven't seen in a long time and i didn't have i've only seen it once i didn't have optimal viewing like not not that i kept getting interrupted or anything but i don't like it and i don't think it's because of the movie necessarily i think it's because of the state of mind i was in so i'm excited to talk about that one but yeah, so for those of you listening, it is just me and Eric tonight. And I see Eric has his Inception poster that he put up. We right got Inception. Behind. Yeah. And the Interstellar IMAX poster and my Christopher Nolan movies. There Every Christopher go. Nolan movie. I there we go. I need to, um, I'm going to take a screenshot later so I can save this momentous ex- occasion. But I thought I about there. Memento. Memento. <laughs> this memento occasion. I want to try to make a poster for this podcast that is like you and me somehow flipped either Inception or Tenet style. So we can, we'll we'll see what I can do. I'm not yep, great with yep. Photoshop, but yep, just me and me and Eric tonight. Olivia decided to sit this one out. Um, she said so. She's seen some of the Batman movies, but she hasn't seen very many of the other Nolan movies. So now that we're doing layover episodes, this was a good good opportunity for us to just hop on and talk about some stuff. So some Nolan movies. Oh yeah. I'm excited. Nolan is a, one of my favorite filmmakers. I'm not like a Nolan fanboy, but I do Good. enjoy a lot of his films, if not all of it, a lot. So yep. um, I'm excited he's, to talk about. Nolan. He's, he's always a good time. And I'm excited to talk about following too, because that's his earliest feature. Um, and the one that got him a, uh, how do you say 
got him the opportunity to make Memento, and Memento exploded. So he had kind of a gradual rise um, to fame. But you get to see these early days where he was, I think he made following for $6,000. Yep. And it, um, he worked with people he knew. He shot it over a year. Um, but kind of see him stripped down was really cool. But also, I think I appreciate him more now, and I don't give as much credence to a lot of people's complaints about him now that I've seen where he's been from. I think I see more humanity in his movies because a lot of people say like he's emotionless and all this stuff. But and there, <laughs> yeah. there's some there. I think there's some degree of truth to that, but I'm a little more skeptical of those um, complaints now, if you will. Oh, so, oh yeah, for sure. I'm only halfway through the following, but. Um definitely saw uh from from the following i saw a lot of the counterpoints to people's arguments about him being uh terrible with writing characters that have depth and dialogue being dry because the following it has two characters that are pretty interesting so far um and the dialogue is pretty natural and not as uh bad and generic as some of the other people complain about on his later movies so yeah um, yeah so we will get into all that um like we said we'll talk about tenant first because tenant's kind of in the forefront of i would say i mean popular popular culture right now similar to wonder woman um it's not on uh tenant's not on hbo max or anything yet but it was pretty highly anticipated last year and i looked on rotten tomatoes and it's still one of the top streaming movies right now so we're going to talk about that and cover cover that movie which is a lot <laughs> and, it, it really and fun but uh yeah i think i think that'll be a good conversation yeah tenet uh should we just jump into it jump into tenet i think we should so well okay there are there are a couple things i was going to share so in the preamble uh, in our top 10 movies from 2020 i incorrectly stated that G- John Landis directed Clue. In reality, it was Jonathan Lynn. I will always do my best to come back and correct my mistakes um, on our podcast, so I had to put that in there. The other thing is, Eric, this is insane. Did you know that... So you know that Christopher Nolan has a brother, Jonathan Nolan, right? Yes, of okay. Westworld fame and all those. Yes. Uh, those. Yep, yep. Did you, uh, did you know that he talks with an American accent? Because he was raised in Chicago. I did not know that. Yeah. So they're related, but they have different accents. Uh, they're, that's just like little trivia. Did you know that they have a third brother who is a con artist? Really? Is in prison, yes. Is that where he kind of got like the, the inspiration for following? I don't, I don't know. I don't think, I don't know if it's documented uh or if it's um i found about i found out about this today um i don't know if it's a documentary or anything like that i would not be surprised at all if memento if if he uh if christopher nolan took inspiration from his brother for memento for the character that's crazy yeah is is the main character memento leonard i pierce's character i think so it's it's been years since i've seen memento so Mm -hmm. i can't say for sure but um here here's a little bit there's a chicago tribune report um you can go read later but it's in our our documents here i'll check that out so he um his his name's matthew nolan he 
let me, I'm kind of skimming to see if I can get some of the highlights here. He was arrested. Here we go. The FBI arrested Nolan in February 2009 as he left bankruptcy court in Chicago and charged him with the 2005 kidnapping and murder of a Florida accountant in Costa Rica. Oh, my. A judge later ruled that because of insufficient evidence from Costa Rican authorities, Nolan could be extradited to Costa Rica to face only false document charges. This is there. That's wild. I, yeah, I just did, I didn't know anything about that, but the latest update from that article was that he had tried to break out of prison oh, and goodness. was charged again with by the judge another like fourteen months or something. Um, anyway, just totally wild. Uh, did that, not know that, that is wild. Well. Yeah, I I gasped audibly as I was driving to work and. Uh, was listening to a podcast and realized that so yeah yeah I don't, I don't know if I have any comments for that that's a that's a wild situation uh, yep. to be in with you have a brother uh, it's it's nice trivia to know like if you're at a party like talking about Christopher <laughs> Nolan it's just like hey yeah. you know that because we know we all know Christopher we all know Jonathan and yeah. uh, did not know there's a third one Matthew yep 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 um but yeah let's jump let's jump into Tenet when did when did you see Tenet? I saw Tenet when it came out on Blu-ray. When was that? Uh, towards the end of December? No, it might have been early December, actually, when it came out on Blu-ray. Um, now, I really wanted to see it in theaters, but of course, to, to COVID circumstances, I waited for the home video release, and I bought it day one, have, not having seen it. Uh, blind, blind bought it and uh, watched it and, and enjoyed it on that day, so... Did you... Ended up making my number five on my top 20, okay. 20 list. So nice. I enjoyed it a lot. Did you, do you think that, um, so we, we both watched it at home then. Cause I, yes. I realized it was on Redbox and decided to go get it because I didn't want to pay 20 bucks just in case I'd really hated it or right. something. Right. Didn't deny did it. I actually liked it a lot. Nice. Um, but I was like, Oh, it's on Redbox. Sweet. I can pay $2 instead of 20, right. 25. But do you, I think I would have liked this. It would have made a stronger impression if I had seen it in the movie theater. Do you agree or disagree? Oh, oh yeah, for sure. Definitely. Still highly entertaining. Yeah, I agree. I think the, the first, the opening scene in like the opera house, um, spoilers, and the, the ending scene with like the, that whole action set piece, that, that was all made for IMAX and big screen theater. Mm -hmm. um, like there, there were some sequences that were just like mind blowing to see on, on just the regular TV. And I can't imagine what it was like to see it in, see it on IMAX, but I still enjoyed it quite a bit. I, I, I do have a few complaints about it, but um, I am bummed out that I didn't get to see it in theater. One of the things, one of the strengths I would say this movie has is how amazing its locations are. They filmed in the Amalfi Coast, in Oslo, the Taj Mahal Palace Hotel. And the final scene is that you were referring to is near Eagle Mountain in Southern California. Oh. Um, and there's an actual like abandoned town there that I think they shot in and then modified with, with set design. Um, but that, so the Eagle Mountain is close to Joshua Tree. Okay. So just as like, as like a general reference point that helped me. But um, yeah, like all the all the scenes where they're like out on 
uh, Kenneth Branner's boat, mm-hmm. like on the ocean, and it just looked spectacular. Absolutely um, beautiful. Yeah. They who was the so, cinematographer for this one? Was it Hoyt Van Hoytenberg, the guy who does all of his other films? Is, yeah, Hoyt Van Hoytema. Something like that. Something yeah, like that. something like that. Because uh, he, he, I think he's only ever used like two or three cinematographers because he had Wally Pfister, who did like all the Dark Knight movies and Inception, and I think Memento. And then he did that, directed his own movie, Transcendence, which was absolutely terrible. With, mm-hmm. uh, Wally Depp. Pfister's not doing anything now, right? No, he hasn't done anything since that turd bomb. That I was feel like that. I feel, I don't know if I heard this somewhere, but I have it in my mind that that movie broke him. Like he can't, yeah. he doesn't want to work anymore, which yeah, that is kind of a bummer. It is a bummer because he, he shot some amazing, I mean, all the Dark Knight movies and it's prestige. I mean, yeah. I mean, what do you, what do you think is the best looking Nolan movie? Best looking. I would have to go with, man, that's a hard one. I'm going to have to go with, I don't know. They all look amazing. I, I might have to go with Dunkirk, I think. Dunkirk. Yeah. Dunkirk. It looks pretty, or pretty even more than, more than interstellar. Yeah. I was going to say interstellar, but when I think back to, to Dunkirk and everything that was going on there, um, with some of the scenes they had and, and locations and everything and all that coming together. I think I'm going to have to give the nod to Dunkirk. What about yeah, you? I, I, I might agree. And well, the, the, see the one scene from the prestige that's sticking in my mind is when Hugh Jackman's character goes to visit Tesla and you have that field of the, the orbs that are lit up in the snow. Do you remember? Do you know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah. Oh yeah. Like yeah. that scene, that scene's amazing. And I think, and I, I really like the final shot of the prestige where you realize what has happened. Um, I think that looks amazing. And I was going to say, just like give plays devil devil's advocate for interstellar. Cause I haven't seen it in so long, but I would, I would probably say that Dunkirk Dunkirk has like this incredible naturalism in the way it looks. I think that's why I like. Yeah. Naturalism is is a good word to Mm -hmm. describe, describe it. Cause you have the beach, you have the cloudy days. Um, the man, the dog fights, the the dog fights are so thrilling. Um, we're getting away from, we're getting away (laughs) from inception, uh, and into our top five, but a couple other, couple other things we uh tenants kind of come up in a couple other conversations that we've had on flyover film country um christopher nolan kind of had like a savior complex mentality and thought that like it was reported that internally um he was was saying to people that he thought that tenant could save the theatrical experience all right right theaters that's problematic um i he definitely has hubris he definitely there's definitely pride there but i i don't consider him like a villain a lot of people have vilified him in a in an unrealistic way um they can't win these days you can't win these days uh not in this economy not in this (laughs) pandemic but yeah the reported budget was 205 million the box office in the u.s was 58.1 million which is dismal. Yeah, and then, weak sauce. Yep. And then worldwide, 363 million. Not great. Not great numbers. Um, didn't save. But see, I think the whole 
the whole narrative that about saving the theatrical experience is kind of misjudged because I think theaters will be okay once the vaccine rolls out. Um, I think that there will be a decline in people that go to theaters. There's no way to know for sure. But um, anyway, the tenant was a like a a rod in the ground, a lightning rod for a lot of heat um, around what movie was going to be the what big movie was going to be the first to reopen theaters and did so unsuccessfully so but what did you think about the movie eric and what let's jump back or jump back to our conversations about all the other nolan movies because you can start your us off with your number five what did you like about tenant so yeah my number five is tenant anyway so um what I liked about Tenet is uh, the story is completely insane. And if you know me, I respect originality and, and going for it. So a story that makes you think um, and challenges uh, the knowledge and the experience of the movie moviegoer um, is always something that I'm always going to enjoy. Uh, and Christopher Nolan manages to do that in all of his films. But I think Tenet was probably his most challenging film for just the moviegoer so far. Um, one, one part of it being challenging was that you could not understand the dialogue in like 60% of the movie. Um, I did go back and watch it a second time with subtitles and I enjoy, I wish I had done that the first time because I enjoyed the movie. I caught so much. I figured out what was actually going on and, uh, that's probably why it's now in my top five. Um, did, um, fully okay, flesh so- out with the, the plot, plot details and some of the things that I yep. just didn't understand the first time around. So you watched it once without subtitles to Huge to like, sick. obviously it's not a theater, but I'll watch it without subtitles to try right. and hear and, and be totally engaged. And then yep. the second time with subtitles, we watched it. I've only seen it once, watched it with subtitles. There's so much exposition in Tenet. There's, yeah. you ha- it, it was equally a reading game as it much, as it was much a mind game for me to try to interpret the amazing visuals uh, and action that was happening and then also reading, Oh, okay. So this is what's happening now. But I do think that that helped me understand it. Yep. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm no so. stranger to subtitles either. Cause I do watch like a ton of anime and Korean movies and Japanese movies and Asian movies in general, but you're right. This had a ton of dialogue and my eyes were definitely busy and I'm, I'm a pretty good subtitles reader. Um, just because I've been doing it for so long, but yeah, it was a lot of exposition, which is definitely weak, one of the weak points of the movie. But what I liked about the movie the most are definitely the action set pieces, like like that whole fine, the opening and ending sequence are just some of the best action set pieces and sequences that I've seen in a really long time. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, is that one scene in the in the final action, the final act where that that double explosion in that building where it's like being reversed and they're up top then on the bottom it explodes i was just like i couldn't comprehend that it was it was nuts i think that i gotta give or give credit to my friend who made this comment but um and 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 you could like go into definitions all all day i feel like that's a um rabbit hole in and of itself but i think that the main thing that i enjoyed so much about tenant is that my friend Will Jenkins 
said sci-fi like tenants a sci-fi movie because the mechanics of what's happening is the story and it's engaging and you can a lot of people will say that that is also its primary flaw and i understand that i agree with that to a certain extent but at the same time like understanding okay this is the inversion is based in physics um there even the the beginning scene with the scientist in that cell or that kind of bunker who yeah. had all the objects that were inverted and how you could just like, he was yeah. picking, picking it up with the glove yeah. that, that it's so simple, but it's, it gives this realism and kind of grounded uh, approach to there are all these objects. We don't know how they got like this, I guess from a nuclear explosion, but then sets the pace for the rest of the movie. I was on the edge of my seat making sure I, I was paying attention to every detail and it paid off at the end of the movie. Cause I still had questions, but it was, I was totally enthralled the whole time. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, I always enjoy the sci- sci-fi is one of my favorite genres. So it's, it's like a, a perfect fit for all the Christopher Nolan movies. Cause I think half of his catalog are like sci-fi element movies. So. Yep. And it's, um, in, to me, Inception on steroids. It's a, a lot more complicated, a lot more, um, yeah, yeah, more twists and turns. I remember seeing Inception, and in, in Olivia and I have talked about this on uh, one of the Scott Pilgrim ep- episodes, because Inception came out the same year as Scott Pilgrim, I believe. Um, I remember seeing Inception, and I was like, that was really cool. And then a bunch of my friends said, I did not understand what had happened. And I, I said to them, how did you not understand? Yeah. It was so visually straightforward. Right. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I was like, it's not that hard <laughs> to understand people. So yeah. My, and speaking of which my top five is, is inception. Oh, your um, number five is inception. Yeah. Is inception okay, nice. in your top five? It is. It is. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, so tenant's not in my top five. It's in my top six. Uh, oh, this isn't, sorry. I just looked at my, I, I looked at my letterboxed ranking for Chris, Christopher Nolan's movies and it wasn't what I had changed to. And I freaked out for a second. Anyway, we're all good. Inception is in my top five. I think where where some of the things that I was talking about earlier with Tenet, Inception makes up for better because partially I think with time I might come to enjoy or or regard Tenet in the same way that I regard Inception, but I find them so similar, yet Inception as like a better, complete, like... What's more, the word? Is it is it more rewarding? It's it, I'm finding it more rewarding as a look at Nolan as a <laughs> filmmaker. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. Here's my theory about Inception, and I've been I've had years. Literally, I guess this year is going to be the tenth, uh, the eleventh anniversary of. That's uh, crazy. To think yeah, about. Or, yeah. So it's it's so good. The action's so great. The rotating hallway scene it's it's all so fun to watch I, I got i got one thing to say before you go into yeah this. yeah there's a 
I don't even know if it's a conspiracy theory at this point because it's it's almost based in fact that Christopher Nolan stole the idea from Inception for Inception from an anime movie called Paprika, directed oh, yeah. by uh, Satoshi Kon, who's directed a lot of my favorite movies. He came. The movie of the plot of Paprika is that there's a machine that you can use to go into people's dreams and like control their dreams and change them. It's therapists use them to help with like therapy. And the plot is someone goes in and steal these dream machines and uses them for like, uh, for, for wrong, for the, for wrongdoing. Have you seen and, Paprika? Yes. And it's literally, Oh yeah, it's, it's amazing. Huh. There's literally a scene in Paprika where there's a guy running down a hallway and it's literally the Joseph Gordon-Levitt scene. You put them, they, they, people really? put them side by side and it's like huh. the exact, like almost frame by frame, which is, yeah, it's kind of sketchy. Is Paprika there a YouTube out, video? Like, or, or oh something? yeah, yeah. Okay, there's okay. a lot well, of it out there. Um, I want to the watch it. Comparisons between Paprika and Inception. I want to watch it and I also want to push it out to um, our followers so that they can watch yeah. it for themselves it, too. It's, it's I would hate crazy. I would hate to find out that that was <laughs> marred that this this great movie is marred by Yeah, and that's uh, a copyright. Yeah, it's that I mean, it's nothing is ever truly original, but it it borders on the line of almost like him stealing stealing it, but Yeah. It, there's a lot of similar things going on between each movie. Well, kind of what's there's the, the I can't remember the name, but the the White Lion Cub movie that Lion King just is a blatant rip off. Right, of. right. Yeah, it's yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah huh. exactly like that. That's too bad. Um, and anyway, uh, Inception. You can sh- and then you can share your thoughts and like where it falls in your top ten, mm-hmm. top ten. Inception to me is a is it is a kind of look at. Well, my interpretation of it is that Cobb is stuck in the dream that all the other characters are the manifest are different manifestations of who he is. And the reason I think that is because the more you watch it, the one of the most important characters other than, I guess, Elliot page now, um, other than Elliot pages character um, is Joseph Gordon Levitt, who is constantly, uh, what is the word? Uh, berated or, um, He's he's like underappreciated and just criticized the whole movie, even though he's very capable and like has that really great right. action scene. He's a great fighter. So you watch that and you're like, if you pay attention to the dialogue, which I think is underrated, and people say it's it's exposition heavy, it's kind of boring, it's more about the mechanics, which are thrilling. Um, I think I'm I'm getting more out of it every time I watch it, and so that's my theory is that he's stuck in the dream <laughs> and that every character is a weird inversion or manifestation of him of different aspects of who he is and that he's never going to recover which is dark but yeah um it just it just makes sense to me i'm like why why is joseph gordon levitt's character being treated <laughs> this way over and over it doesn't make sense yeah that that's an interesting take i'm gonna have to go back and rewatch rewatch it because i hadn't seen inception in, in a year or two now um but yeah inception's my number three i think okay. nice um for a lot of the reasons why you said it is your number five, but I, I absolutely love the cast. And it was kind of like Tom Hardy's coming out party to like mainstream audiences. Yeah. yeah. It was like his first big real mainstream role. And after that it was, he just came out with hit after hit. 
I remember the whole cast yeah. is just insane when you think about it. You have Joseph Gordon Levitt, uh, Elliot Page, Ken Watanabe, Tom Hardy, Cillian Murphy, and all those mm-hmm. guys. It, it's it's a crazy cast. Yep. I uh, two things. I remember seeing it in theaters and being like, "Who is that guy? That guy is cool." Yeah. And then I was like, "Tom Hardy, okay, I'm I'm gonna pay attention." And the other thing is, I find uh, Leonardo DiCaprio is our meme king. Oh yeah, he, like, he's he, got so many. He's in, it's he's crazy. in everything, and I feel like he embraces that and lo- and appreciates that about himself. But probably my favorite Leonardo DiCaprio meme is the one from Inception with him and Killian Murphy, where he says, "There's a dog behind you," and he's like, "What faces <laughs> is, is he making?" And then it's him squinting. <laughs> I see that. that. That's a good one. Yeah. You're right. DiCaprio has a ton of memes. I never really thought about that, but yeah got Django. I think like every movie he's been in like the last 10 years is he has an iconic meme from. Yep. Yep. Got yeah, yeah, every single one. Wolf of Wall Street, Django. Yeah, it's um, wild. Inception has I think it's that oh, one, man. maybe another one. I can't remember. He's got um, a lot from What's Upon a Time. Mhm. So many yep. memes. So. Do you have anything else to say about Inception? Uh, uh I do not. Um do you want to share your number 4? Yes. So my number four is going to be Dunkirk. Uh, I saw this one in theaters and that was, that was definitely one that you had to see in theaters to get the full experience for sure. Mm -hmm. The whole, with it being a war movie, all the set pieces, the action, the, the whole battle on water, air and land. I didn't really, I was kind of hesitant when, when Nolan said he was doing a war movie because mm-hmm. to me, a good war movie has like really, really good memorable and layered characters and characters up to that point for, for Christopher Nolan to meet. He wasn't very good at doing characters. Um, and I don't know if he, he did himself any help with Dunkirk because I don't remember any like memorable characters from Dunkirk. I remember that Tom Hardy being in a jet or airplane and out of that I don't remember the characters too much but I love Dunkirk for the experience that it was um just giving you like the the good popcorn theater experience mm-hmm. and that's why that's why I love it yep um Dunkirk is my number one oh, I wow. I think it's I think it's Christopher Nolan's best movie um these I mean the naturalism in the lighting that we talked about um are chief among those, but also, and I would, I would say that you're right in terms of the characters aren't necessarily memorable, but my impression from this most recent viewing experience, which was, I liked, I turned the volume up as loud as uh, (laughs) would let me, uh, which was, which I agree was reminiscent of seeing it in a theater just yeah all those the gunshots like everything is it's insane how it feels like you're there um that movie yep uh which i (laughs) i remember a couple people saying that they were frustrated they couldn't hear anything in dunkirk as well but now in in (laughs) tenet it's there's so much more dialogue than there is in dunkirk yeah there's like four lines of dialogue in dunkirk (laughs) (laughs) you're just you're just watching waiting for stuff to happen honestly but uh I, the sound design on Dunkirk is amazing. Um, you feel like you're there. The di- I I, pre- I think there are two things, two things about Dunkirk that set it apart for me. 
as far from other war movies that kind of contribute to why I love it so much. One, and I told I told my wife this, um, but that I didn't really grasp until this past Friday when we watched it again. To me, Dunkirk is a reflection of the entire country of of Britain when um at that point in the war. It's a snapshot. I think I think the whole time thing is justified because you get to see the uh, Mark Rylance's character um, go out with the with the boys to save as just as many people as they can. That ends up being the most triumphant yeah. uh, point when they make the huge rescue and save three hundred thousand people. I got I like got teary eyed at that point. Um, yeah. You get to see that, but then also, I don't know. It's so good because it ends with it's it's sad because the two deaths are like Fortis leader. Uh, like right at the beginning, uh, who's flying with Tom Tom Hardy? He dies pretty quickly. The French guy also dies too, um, which is sad. But then I'm trying to remember if there was if there was another death. But anyway, you you get to see when Fionn Whitehead's character is reading the uh, Churchill's statement in the paper whenever they pull into the station, and all. Harry Styles is like covering his face. He's like, I'm so ashamed. I can't look at them. But then you realize that everyone's cheering. Nolan's just very, I was so impressed with how, um, how sensitively he was handling this moment that like, this is an objective failure and like all of it's in Winston Churchill's uh, statement um, and rallying cry really, but it's triumphant because they, it is like a basically a rallying cry to continued resilience because all these tiny boats went out and saved all these people and evaded uh you know the german bombs i don't know i i find it i find it very beautiful and delicate and impressive in a way that no other um nolan movie is and patriotic in a way that like isn't I've never seen a British yes and I've never seen a British filmmaker or a Swedish filmmaker or like you know give that kind of rah-rah patriotism yes yeah. exactly exactly yeah that's a good point um now, now that you explain it like that um I never really thought it thought about it that way there is there's a lot of subtleties to to Dunkirk especially when you compare it to a lot of other war movies that are being put out today like um and it's patient too. It's not like bullets are flying. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. it's kind of terrifying because you're, you know, especially on the mole, you're like waiting for them to get bombed. You you know that they're not going to get off for a week. They're going to try different stuff, but they're not going to get off until the very end. And you don't know how they're going to get off the, uh, the mole. Um, it's in the, like the, do you remember the scene of the guy? They're just kind of sitting on the beach and the wind's blowing they're yeah. around and the dude, they watch this dude just like take off his clothes and just start like swimming through the, yeah. like pure despair. Um, yeah. That was just really good. Yeah. You're right. The Dunkirk, it's got a lot of emotion in it. Would you say it has the most emotion out of all of his movies? I would say, well, I would, I mean, what about interstellar? I feel like interstellar would be. Yeah. Interstellar would be up there for sure. Yeah, McConaughey, McConaughey crying. Um, that another iconic uh, 
I feel like that's shown up in a bunch of memes too. Yeah, people will like re- like uh, like Photoshop or like edit like the videos of uh, Casey Affleck and Jessica Chastain. They'll put like something ridiculous over it yeah. um, and have McConaughey cry to it. <laughs> did you know? I I probably sent this to you, but did you know that that was the only take they did? Yeah, yeah, that's... which is really impressive. McConaughey was so on point in that moment that Nolan's like, "That's it. Yep, that's what yep. I want." Yeah, which is pretty cool. Yeah, it really is. Yep. So uh, that was your number. F- so Dunkirk was your number one. Yep. So I've done my number five and my number one. So okay. Was, What's your number four? Uh, it's a little Nolan sandwich. My number four is Memento. Oh, nice. Okay. I haven't seen Memento in a long time, but I rewatched the final scenes today. And I think that when you look at, so I kind of have to justify everything that's not in my top five. So I'll do that real quick before (laughs) I move forward because my two and three are pretty, um, on, you know, that not really up for debate, but a lot of people put interstellar in their top five or number one or whatever. So tenants at six interstellar at seven. Batman begins is eight dark Knight rises at nine insomnia is 10 and following is 11 wow Um, okay okay so and i'm I'm, you don't have to share yours but i'd be curious to hear your thoughts memento to me is the you know nolan hasn't been um you know handcuffed to a superhero genre like he very much walked into batman begins and dark Knight and the dark Knight rises and made great things out of them but he's not a superhero filmmaker and memento to me is the perfect version of following where you have you have a great like that's that's really why following is really fun to watch um but it's it's like this would be much better if these actors were good and that's what right. Memento is because you have this thrill of them breaking into people's apartment and following in Memento. That yeah. was exciting real quick, just to cut back to following. Yeah. That, that's where I'm at right about now. They're like in the, in the apartment. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm like, hey, this is, I can see how Nolan's filmmaking evolved from this to where he is today. Like you can see the, the seeds are planted with the following, like um, with a lot of his signature stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and you get more of like the good. Some people say that the that Cobb, the character of Cobb, and following. Also, it's kind of weird because DiCaprio's character in Inception is also named Cobb. Cobb. So, one's like, you know, creating his own little multiverse. <laughs> but um, some people think that Cobb's not a great actor, and I was like, I think I think that he's this kind of energy that propels the movie forward and the dialogue. But then you get Guy Pierce, who is so good like he's he's so got good kill, he's got killer stage presence oh I wish yeah he was, he was i wish he was in more stuff yeah that wasn't yeah. iron man 3 <laughs> you don't like he's iron got, man he's, 3 I'm, I'm not a fan of it yeah yeah he's got killer that. stage presence though like every time he's on screen he just like is sucking yep. charisma out of everything he's, he's incredible yep and it's i i honestly think that memento is brilliant i think that dunkirk and you know my other top five that are listed above Memento are only done so because 
he gets better. Like he, like, uh, I really do honestly think that he just keeps getting better and better. And while interstellar and tenant aren't in my top five, I think that you can look and see that technically he's understanding better how to use the tools that he has, but he's always had a keen sense for writing and editing. And Memento is a brilliant screenplay. Um, like the timeline and the editing, it's all, it's just sublime. I really, really love it. Yeah. Memento, yeah, that's another one I haven't seen in a, in a really long time. And I don't have it in my top five, but that's what I'm going to have to go back and rewatch as well. Um, I didn't remember being like, like loving the movie when I first watched it, but that was, that was so long ago. And I don't know if I tr- would have truly appreciated it when I saw it. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back and watch that one for sure. Yep. Yep. What is your number three? My number three is Inception. Um, oh yeah. 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 So we already talked a lot about Inception, but um, I think I don't, I didn't see that one in theaters. Um, I saw it. I think the first time I saw it was on FX. Mm-hmm. I think I did like a marathon of that one in Shutter Island. I think those came out in the same year. We're very close to each other. Oh yeah. Yeah. I remember. Um, so like two like mind twist movies from DiCaprio or with DiCaprio in them. Um but yeah, Inception has always been it's always been an entertaining movie for me. And for a movie to be like considered one of my favorites, it has to be rewatchable. Um, that's why I, I think agree. Inception and my top two movies are not just three of my favorite. Nolan movies are like three of my all time favorites. Um, they're all really rewatchable and um, getting the bang my, for my buck whenever I buy them on Blu-ray. <laughs> Oh, do you have all of his on Blu-ray? I have every one of his movies. Nice, on impressive. I think I, I expect nothing less. <laughs> I think everything after Batman Begins I have on 4K Blu-ray, so uh, they look incredible. Like it, it looks oh, yeah. like Batman Begins looks really good in 4K Blu-ray. Yeah. What a um, I'm curious, or I'll come back to like what's not in your top mm-hmm. five later. Um, I want to know what your number two is. My number two is the dark Knight. Nice. Um, I, I mean, it's the dark Knight. <laughs> I don't know what else I can say about it. Um, iconic. It, yeah. It's iconic. It, it changed like superhero game, superhero movie game um, along with some other movies, but it, it really was the one that like, um, it, there wasn't any like superhero movie out. Like that was this serious and this dark, this, this dark in tone, um, at the time of the release. So there's, there's just so many impacts that we can talk about, um, on and on about for, for the dark Knight. um, the performances, the direction, the music, the villain, of course, I mean, it's, it's got everything, um, to make it not just a great superhero movie, but like all time, all time movie. What's the best scene in the dark Knight? I'm going to have to, I don't know if it's the best. My favorite scene is the opening bank high scene. I can watch that on repeat. <laughs> it yes. is so good. And that's just because I, I love action and it's, it's every scene with the Joker in it, just in general is, is, is way too good. Mm-hmm. Um, the bank scene, the bank, the opening bank high scene is probably my favorite. Cause you get, you have no idea like what is going on. Then at the end with the reveal that the Joker is the one that, is one of the henchmen the whole time. It's like that, that, that whole scene could have been a movie in itself. Um, mm-hmm. So there, there's a whole lot, but that's probably my favorite. What, what's yours? Mine. 
I don't know if I've ever thought this, thought about this before, but mine is probably mine is actually, yeah, mine is definitely the interrogation scene. Oh yeah. Um, because I mean, that's, yeah, it's iconic. You, uh, you get, I didn't think about this until when I watched insomnia, but Pacino and, um, Williams in the interrogation room, like you, that scene's really I I didn't like like insomnia. I didn't think it was bad, but in terms of it's pretty mad. The rest of you didn't like it. I thought it was I mean, I thought it was like when you judge it as a Nolan movie, it's pretty meh, but that's a suspense. Oh, you're you saying watch as a yeah, as an average, pretty yeah, average. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's, but it's, if if you yeah. like judge it as just a crime, I mean it's maybe a little bit more than meh. <laughs> but yeah, because you look at the thing that I really liked about it is like, it looks really good. Um, the death of his partner Hap. Yeah. Was that, that was really a really brutal death yeah. scene because, because you don't think, I guess the point of insomnia is that Pacino didn't do it, but he becomes so tired. Hence insomnia. Right. He doesn't remember whether or not he meant to do it. So it's like, it's clever in a lot of ways, but to me, and, and the thing, and I pin a little bit too much blame on Clooney and Soderbergh for because they were executive producing Insomnia. It, oh, really? Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, it feels edited to death. That's what I don't like about it. And the, my favorite scene in Insomnia is when they're talking on the boat, and it's just, it is flawless. Like Pacino and Williams going back and forth. You get You get a peek inside each of their psyches and especially williams because that's a first like extended scene with him once you realize like he's the killer mm-hmm. um but he's you can tell he's really smart anyway yeah you get you get some of those toe-to-toe good guy bad guy vibes but in the dark night you in the interrogation room the reason it's so good leading up to rachel's death and afterward when you have that amazing shot of him standing in the wreckage batman you you realize there's a tipping point where you realize batman batman is not in control and then he starts hitting him realizing i have to literally beat this out of him or or one or both of them are gonna die um oh so good the lighting's harsh and he smacks his head into the table and he's funny ledger ah ah yeah, Dark Knight is, and that 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 movie is, it it's it, it's it's legendary. Um, I, I don't think it can it can be topped. I, it's probably the best superhero movie uh, of all time, except for uh, Aquaman. Yeah, Aquaman's Sorry, close Aqu- second. It's Aqu- close second. Aqua, my man, <laughs> my man. That's what, that's why I love the Dark Knight and and Logan is that's that's Dark Knight and Logan are like the holy grail of superhero movies for me. That those two are like untouchable. Yep. Um, Marvel, I haven't seen anything from Marvel to that 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 can touch those two movies yet. So. Uh, yep. Yeah. I would agree. Did we cut? Did we hit all our five? I still have my number one. Ah yes. Okay. So Drum my number please. one is Interstellar. All right. I. Th- so there's a Talk lot of reasons that contribute to Interstellar being my number one. Probably one of the top reasons is the was the theater experience. We saw this one 
in IMAX in Little Rock. It was me, my brother, Gordon, and Devin. We this was one of the movies we went to go see on midnight release. Was it? I'm pretty sure it's a midnight release. Is this a summer movie? It was, I believe, a winter movie. I believe. Okay. Or a fall movie. I think it was a fall. I could be wrong. It could be a spring movie. I remember uh, seeing it and then having class uh, and, okay. and talking about it afterwards. But we saw it in IMAX in a packed theater. It was like not an, and you know that IMAX theater before it closed down, that that thing was huge. The one there on Chanel? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yep. There wasn't an empty seat in the crowd. I nice. mean, it was literally packed to the rim. And seeing it with all those people and seeing everything that happened in that movie on the big screen, all the emotion, all the crazy space sequences. It was an experience that, that I'll never forget. It was probably the best movie going experience that I had seen. I've seen nice. so far. Um, and then just all the subsequent, all, everything that happened after the movie, like all the theories, just the, it's a fun discussion. Everyone is like, kind of like inception. Everyone has their own theories about what happened. Um, People that love the movie love to debate about the movie with people that hate the movie. So mm-hmm. um, it's it's always a fun discussion point, and and the just the total of all that is is why it's my favorite Nolan mm-hmm. movie. It's uh, do you think that I'm I'm trying to get better at paying attention to movie scores, but the movie scores oh, yeah. of Nolan's movies that I've um, paid attention to the most the last couple. <sighs> I guess like week and a half when uh-huh. we decided to do an episode on this was the dark Knight and inception. I've listened to tenant a lot because it's intense and it helps me focus. Um, and Dunkirk, but yeah, I haven't listened Inter- to interstellar in a long time. And, and the interstellar score is, is yep. so good. I, I listened to that. Like one of the songs when, uh, the scene where, I don't know if you remember when, uh, when McConaughey is trying to dock, uh, the the ship into like the little spinny ring thing after Matt Damon does his stupid stunt and blows the whole thing. Oh, yeah, up. Matt Damon shows up out <laughs> yeah, of nowhere. He shows up out of nowhere, which was when that happened in theaters. Everyone's like, "What the? What the heck?" <laughs> At first, like you see Matt Damon laying in a capsule, and you're like, "My brother leaning over is like, is that Matt Damon?" It's like, "What the heck are you talking about?" Then he gets up and like, "Holy crap, that's Matt Damon!" Like, which was one of the best held movie secrets ever. Matt Damon yep. being an interstellar. It's he's not in any other Nolan movie. No, he's not. And I yeah. remember. I, remember I think that's why was, it's so surprising. Yeah, because because like literally he was in Interstellar. Then like a couple months later, he was in The Martian, which is another mm-hmm. big, big scale sci-fi movie. Yeah. Um, so there were a lot of memes back <laughs> back then about him being Interstellar in The Martian, but. Uh, the score of Interstellar is so good. I, one of one of the song that song when he's docking is was one of my most played songs. Of, I think it was 2014 when Interstellar. Oh, nice. nice! I listened to that song so much when I was just like studying or working out. That that is man, that score is so good. I don't. I, I looked. So it released in um, September. So y'all probably September. saw it opening weekend of yeah, yeah. beginning of September before yeah. Thanksgiving break. But man, I I regret not seeing seeing it now. Yeah, I, I, there's just there's just so many epic scenes of on on a huge scale in that movie. Just all the the space sequences when they go on the water planet and Wes Bentley gets taken out by a wave. Which Wes, you know, Wes Bentley's from Arkansas. Did you know that? Yes. Yeah. No, we need to because yeah. Wes Bentley is 
Isn't he Seneca, a, Seneca Crane in uh, Hunger Games? Yes. Yeah. Yes. He's, okay. He's like your. He's a do solid a actor. He's a. He's like a good, yeah. solid like role player in in Hollywood. He's Absolutely. like he's in American Beauty as well. Mm-hmm. Um, with, uh, Kevin Spacey, which no comment. Who? Kevin Spacey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, the guy from uh, what's what's that one? House of House of Cards. House of. But Robin Wright's yeah. the star of that. Yeah, thing. Yeah, according to Netflix. Yeah, um, but uh, yeah, West Bentley. Think, I think oh. I am. I think I know her cousin. Oh, okay. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure that this girl I'm thinking of is his cousin. Nice. Maybe second cousin. I don't know. I don't know. I'll have to look yeah. that up and get back to you. Yeah, I was. I was like, oh, sweet. West Bentley is going to be in a Christopher Nolan movie. Then 20 minutes in the movie, he gets taken out by the water. So. I thought it was but, like 40 minutes. It was 40 minutes. Space. It was 40 minutes. Yeah. But like, like he was in the mood for like a solid 15 minutes, which is, which is kind of a bummer. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. The water planet, the ice planet, this, the him falling through time and the, just the themes of family and love. I mean, it was, it was, it was, it was a gut punch for me at the end. So I'll, you, I think you've inspired me to revisit it because I think that's, Maybe I need to just turn up the volume really loud. Like, yeah, a, and a just just for the music alone yeah. is is so good. The yeah. music is so good. Because that was a Zimmer score. Um, the Zimmer is doing Dune, which is slated to release later this year. Um, which is why Nolan got Lud- Ludwig Goranson, I think that's his name, for well, the Tenet soundtrack. Was Tenet really just a soundtrack or just some dude like mashing the keyboard? I mean, <laughs> I just remember sounds. I just remember sounds. I, I liked it. Um, I think it worked for the Bond, like kind of yeah. country destination hopping. How about, um, how about Robert Pattinson just completely like turning over his image from Twilight into like, a leading Hollywood man. That's that's quite a turnaround. I'm down breaking that type into Batman. Yeah, I love this. I love. I I saw a story where um, Robert Pattinson was avoiding this crazy fan whenever it was around his Twilight days, and then he finally took her out to dinner and complained about his life the whole time about <laughs> how hard his life, and she like never talked to him again. He just like scared her off. But so did, he didn't like Twilight. Is that not no. a thing? Oh, oh okay. did you not? Are you being serious? I didn't. I didn't know that. No. I, 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 don't, I don't keep up with Twilight news. I think he was complaining to her he, he on movie, purpose movies. in order to make her go away. But also, yes, he did not like playing Edward. I remember. Cullen. I, I remember watching like Twilight, like here and there. Um, I haven't seen like that. bits and pieces, but there was some insane scene in Twilight where they're like playing baseball with each other. I think that it was in a Twilight movie for some reason. That I sounds, remember vampires playing baseball and i was like i just the the another great thing uh, out of 2020 which there were only a few things this podcast being one of them but uh, another great thing was the uh edit of bella driving the (laughs) motorcycle and instead of ghost vampire edward it's uh robert pattinson and he's like standing alone in the apartment (laughs) Like superimposed, and she crashes. 
Well, Kristen Stewart, now that I think about it, she's kind of turned her career around as well after Twilight. She's been in some solid movies here and there. Oh, yeah, for sure. Taylor Lautner, I think he's the one that unfortunately has been in the in it's all by the places. wayside. Uh, yeah, he's not, it's, it's hard he's to not break type actors, when you're man. it's hard to break type when you're casting movie movies or TV shows like that. Yep. Like, um, uh, the other actor that comes to my mind is like Kit Harrington in Game of Thrones. He'll never break the the typecast of him being Jon Snow. We we watched so Netflix has a oh shoot what is that called? Um, dang it! It's it's a it's set in Britain, but then they have like a Spain unit and a Portugal unit but it's this um dang it, it's like a police station in britain and they bring in people and all takes place inside the interrogation room it's really good kit harrington played this guy who you figure he actually did the crime but he's like a privileged privileged broker with powerful attorneys and stuff and so he gets off but i was like oh this is cool he's like playing a slime ball this is nice <laughs> so nice okay okay but yeah, Kristen Stewart, we watched Underwater. I think that was the second movie I watched this year. She's in that. Dude, Underwater is good. Like I think I have that one on my watch list. People uh, slammed it, but if you want like a thrilling, it, it was actually it actually leans into claustrophobia. The I forget the name of the director, but I was paying attention. I said, I said, okay. I don't like the ocean. I don't like sharks, uh, like all this stuff. And so I'm already on edge, but if these things happen, then I'm going to be immediately taken out. And those things never happen. They, the camera work is great. Like it's dark and depressing. And, um, there's some great slow motion shots, but overall I was like, this movie has no business being this good. And she is (laughs) really, really good in it too. So, Nice, yeah. That, yeah. That's good. That's good. So, well, that is our, those are our top five Nolan movies. Oh, what what's, rank your uh, six through 11 for me. All right, I'm, I'm going to go, uh, I'm going to go off the cuff here on the six through 11. I'm going to say probably my next favorite outside is probably The Prestige being number six. Dark Knight Rises, seven. Batman Begins, eight. Memento nine, that probably go up. Ten, mm-hmm. Insomnia, and eleven. Following, I'm okay. enjoying the following a lot right now. I'm gonna rewatch it, but I think that'll be really close to my top five. It's it's good. It's just there's not there's just not as much going on, and mm-hmm. and Nolan's good with a lot going on. I just realized I never shared my three, which was, was it the Prestige. Yeah, it's the Prestige. Okay, okay. okay. No, you did not. No, okay, no, no, so let's okay. talk about it. Okay, yeah. okay. Okay, to me, the Prestige. And I'm trying to think other than the dark Knight, the prestige is the Nolan movie that I remember watching th- and remembering this is this guy's name is always like, I'm going to remember this name moving forward. Mm-hmm. Um, every, I would, I would say that, I mean, the dark Knight is an Epic interstellar is an Epic. He, he is good at directing these sweeping, you know, evocative, large-scale stories. But The Prestige is so compelling and, like, just so, like, razor-sharp in a way that none of his other movies are. Um, 
one of the one of the all time greatest movie twists. Um, at the end of that movie, you have a great r- rivalry between Jackman and Bale. How about just Jackman and Bale like oh. acting against each other? That's just that's legendary stuff. I don't know how Nolan gets these cast together. Which honestly is rare because you get to see it. I, well, maybe not. No, I would say I would say it is pretty rare because, or maybe maybe one off, one off for him because you you get it and then you don't get it in the movie. And then mm-hmm. you get it. Like yeah, you have great characters and in insomnia, but then you don't in the Dark Knight Rises, and then you have you have great characters and in interstall Interstellar, and you don't have that in Tenet. Like so he he kind of swings between mm-hmm. really great dialogue and really great character investment to look at this cool spectacle and this cool idea and these characters are a vehicle for that. The prestige is both in, in a perfect balance. I would say even in a way the Dark Knight isn't because the Dark Knight, the, the main flaw of the Dark Knight is the fact that uh, uh, Batman is a secondary character and the Joker the Joker is the main character. Um in the prestige you have two basically anti-heroes and jackman comes out on quote-unquote top but both are despicable people and that's the point nolan is trying to make and it's oh man it's so good visually it's amazing love it love it yeah that's you bring up a good point for for some reason i just like seeing like despicable characters anti and anti-heroes like like uh, the, the characters in the Prestige and Joker and Dark Knight, those are just those are those characters are just so much fun to watch compared to like your stereotypical protagonist and hero. Yep. Um, or, or would you say like protagonist, like John David Washington's character? <laughs> yeah, that he doesn't have a name. That makes me I, so mad. I don't speaking know. Why. Of, I know that I was gonna I was gonna go on a little rant here. I I, I love John David Washington. I've only think I think I've only seen him in, in Black Klansman before Tenet. But and I wish they gave gave him a little bit more to work with in Tenet. Um, he's kind of just going from here to there, here to there. He is great. He, I mean, with what yeah, he has to work with. I would but, argue that because Pattinson, Pattinson's doing a lot of work, but Pattinson has an easier job because he's not. He just doesn't have as much camera time, and yeah. so you kind of gr- like unintentionally like oh this guy's funny he's kind of relaxed he's like the slick james bond guy yeah yeah exactly and uh but then it also is cool because later on you realize oh he was so at ease that whole time because he's used to this like he's used to going back and forth in time and then you you don't understand that until later but real quick what is what do you think the best either like stunt or or visual effect in any Nolan movie is. Oh man, that's a good one. Why don't you answer it and let me think about it. Okay. I I think that some of the scenes from the Prestige might be in competition, but I would I would say that just from a <laughs> from a logistical standpoint, either the crashing the 747 in Tenet or the destruction of the plane heist midair in the Dark Knight Rises. I don't oh, know what Nolan has against planes, ones. but both of those are 
just you're like oh, like what the heck they bought a 747 to crash they were yeah, gonna like construct was... one and then no one was like let's just buy one i know i was i'm i'm, I'm gonna have to go with that tenant one because when i watched that i was like this looks way too real like there's there's nothing cgi about this yep. this is like this is and knowing nolan there there wasn't anything cgi about it i mean it was all practical um yeah, that that that's a good one for sure. I mean, the tenant was just like Nolan, just like having a blast. You know, he was just having mm. a hell of a time doing all those crazy action set set pieces. Um, in tenant, especially think, that yeah. that whole the last thirty minutes of the movie is just yep, is just off the rope. Him off the top rope. I think that Nolan deserves credit also on this front. Um, for in uh, inception i guess they're i'm trying to think through all of them interstellar and inception had to have had insane cgi budgets and work done to make that all look real but all of the other ones especially dunkirk like man the, the explosions on the beach and that kind of thing yeah but then you think about like the hallway fight scene and you look at the behind the scenes and how much work went into that yep and and then, and then the p- place of that hallway fight scene in Inception, it's it is you could consider it a large scale special effect, but it's happening at the same time as other large scale special effects. So I don't know, like proportion wise, they're all kind of mid grade, but all very hard to pull off <laughs> special effects. But he's so dedicated to to each one that it's it all kind of amounts to something more than the sum of its portions yeah if that makes sense uh which i i just love the hallway inception fight scene too big fan yeah yeah uh, yeah that does he has so many so many memorable scenes it's crazy how one director just has like so many like legendary movies and Mm -hmm. within those legendary movies just all these memorable moments and scenes he's i mean he's still working so um yeah it's gonna be interesting to see what he comes out with next and if it's a movie that we're gonna have to watch with subtitles or not i'm gonna say off of the pattern that you talked about earlier it's gonna be a no so hopefully no more subtitles or just ear uh destroying eardrum destroying when we're watching movies who knows it was weird because like on our TV, we have like a Bose soundbar and then we have like our TV volume. Yeah. And on our TV volume, it's less bassy in our bass uh, or our Bose, it's more bassy. So I was mm. like, man, this is kind of crazy. And I turned our soundbar off so that I could <laughs> focus more on the oh, dialogue yeah. that was happening because it would get drowned out by it like was... planes crashing into stuff. Yeah, it, it, I, I was fumbling around with the remote the whole time like, they start turn, turn it up, turn, turn it, it down. Up, yeah. <laughs> turn it down when like the base is destroying the whole neighborhood. Uh, yeah. Because I, my subwoofer. Did I, you get the I police always, called I, on you? No, unfortunately no, not good. this time. But uh, I always <laughs> have the subwoofer. You can like control the base on the subwoofer. I always have that thing cranked up to the max. But like whenever you watch a Nolan movie, you, you're running a cha- <laughs> high chance you're going to be blowing out your subwoofers. Always have to crank that down. Yep. But, yep. It's always um, fun time watching Nolan movies. I want to see Guy Pierce brought back in a role in a Nolan movie. It's kind of high, it's high kind of budget strange. role. It's strange that he hasn't. You know what I mean? Like, 
Yeah, Guy Pearce. I mean, he's, it's been he's 20 years since um, since Memento was released. And yeah, he hasn't been, been in any. anything. What was the but, last big thing he was in? Prometheus. Yeah. <laughs> was he in Prometheus? Doesn't he play the old guy in Prometheus? I have no idea. I haven't actually haven't seen Prometheus. He plays Waylon, I believe. Um, <laughs> yeah, he, he's wearing a ton of makeup, and I think CGI makeup in it. Okay, so you can't even recognize that it's him. I think. Yeah. But Guy, um, Guy Pierce was also Memento, for following, and then Memento, and then Insomnia. Like, I don't see Nolan working with Pacino again, um, <laughs> yeah. or or honestly Hillary Swank, which is one of the reasons. Like, that is at, a weird combo. Well, it's a, I mean, it's a good cast, but then you yeah. watch it in, um, he brought back, what is the name of the guy who plays Hap, who ends up in Tenet, Martin Donovan. Oh, yeah. uh, he's the, he's the guy right at the beginning of Tenet who talks to the protagonist. Mm-hmm. Um, Martin Donovan's great in it. Uh, Robin Williams is great in it. Hillary Swank is good. And she was, that was right around like million dollar baby. And she was, she was pretty oh, hot, she was hot like in Hollywood winner. then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but you, I think that once you see you see um, Nolan's movies improve as he gets more control over casting, which is a huge part of being a good director. It's like I can work with this guy, and I can I'll be able to you know what direct this person. Mm-hmm. So. What, what kind of movie do you want to see him do next? I mean, we've, we've seen him. He, he's like the king of sci-fi and time travel and or just time. Yeah. Like what what theme or genre do you want to see him take on next? Man, if I don't know, because I mean, I mean, not he won't do comedy or anything like that, but I could see <laughs> I could see him trying Mark to. Wahlberg. <laughs> Can I, you imagine Mark Wahlberg? I, in no. Oh, no, ma'am. No. Oh, <laughs> Hey goat, how's your mother? <laughs> Say hello to your mother for me. <laughs> the, have you seen that? It's Sandberg imitating Wahlberg on SNL. Oh man, that's that's <laughs> incredible. I think that Nolan should do a musical. Music? Oh goodness. I that think that be... I think that he has enough hubris to to convince himself that he could do it and work with a. Maybe he would just make something so insane. It well in. And that's why here's someone made a good point on blank check. Uh, it would have to be something of Les Miserables scale. Um, I don't love musicals, but I will I will watch them if they're notable to to stay in the loop. I'm just I'm not a huge theater person, um, and so you know, like in the Heights is you know like the movie in the Heights that's coming out this year. I'll watch that because that was that's Lynn. Lin Manuel Miranda, and it looks good, and it, it's interesting because it's set in Brooklyn. Um, it's not; it doesn't look like your run of the mill, but yeah, I don't know. And apparently, Kubrick said that he regretted not making a musical. Oh man! But like the whole, I'm that, surprised no one hasn't so... made, made a musical yet, just based on the fact that Kubrick never made one. The musical thing is like, I don't know. It's usually they're based on theatrical productions or plays or stuff on Broadway, but then I don't see Nolan wanting to adapt something, even though he did with insomnia, but insomnia was early. Um, 
in his career. So I think I see it being original, working very closely with a musical, you know, director or personality that he trusts and is on the same vision with his like epic proportions. Um, but I think that a musical would be in, in a lot of ways too on the nose for him. Because yeah. he likes subtlety and he likes like, oh, am I doing this? Oh, am I? <laughs> yes, I'm gonna do this. Yes, okay. Yeah. Uh, and musicals are not musicals are like, bah, 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 bah. like I'm doing jazz hands. That I'm just I'm just imagining a Nolan musical right now, and uh, it, it would definitely be something like we've never seen before. Like uh, every uh, ten seconds. Oh man. <laughs> yeah that would be insane I, i'd love to see him well, i was gonna say like a western but like we have jonathan nolan with westworld already yep. and that would probably pretty be pretty similar to what christopher nolan uh would come up with yep. i'm not sure um what about you? Do, you do you have any ideas i i don't know um i mean he's conquered so many of my favorite genres already Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing him do a Western, I guess, just to, to see what he could do with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I mean, like I said, he, he, we kind of already see Westworld. Um, a gangster movie would be pretty awesome. Yeah. Uh, or a heist movie. I'm just thinking like back to like my favorite 90s and 80s movies, like gangster movies, heist movies. It would be cool to see Nolan take on um, that, that genre and kind of throw it back to that decade and era. If, yeah. If you look at, um, oh, what was I going to say? I can't remember what I was going to say. I would be okay with him continuing to make sci-fi action movies. Oh yeah. Yeah. Because sure. I mean like he can, he, I'm, I, I enjoy those so much more. Well, the prestige is kind of a drama, but it's, it's a thriller. I, I don't, I don't know. Um, But like so few people are making sci-fi movies anymore. Cause you have like Denis Villeneuve and oh, Nolan yeah and alex garland yeah, alex there's garland like, there's yep, very yep. few of those guys these days and that, it's so rare is sci-fi yes which which is i i just don't want them to because like you look at blade runner 2049 which costs like so, like boo-coos <laughs> of money and it didn't make any but yeah. it convinced uh it convinced warner brothers like to allow him to make dune which hopefully is like lord of the rings scale so that they'll make him let him make more like the next two dune movies or three dune movies or whatever but sci-fi i think sci-fi is supposed to be on a grand scale and there will always maybe maybe it's it's like we'll only get a lord of the rings trilogy like once every decade or something like that maybe it's kind of come down to that um but I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, the, the sci-fi demand the sci-fi, is so weird for sci-fi and fantasy. Yeah, it's because you you have you have it going up against like franchises like Star Wars yep. and Marvel, and it's it's tough when you have those movies making billions and billions of dollars, and then mm-hmm. you spend a huge budget on a thing like Tenet, and it barely makes its money back, if at all. Yep. Um, yep. When you could and, have made a, a superhero movie, and it would have made billions and billions of dollars. And that's why Nolan is so unique because he is always bankable. Like he's all, I mean, up until Tenet, all his movies had destroyed at the box office. Like even Interstellar, it was such a grand scale that, and people were so 
excited for a space movie from the director of the dark Knight that they went to see it but mm-hmm. you watch that movie and that movie is long i think that's oh, what dude, that's one like, of my main it's problems like two hours and 40 minutes yeah yeah it's that's one of my main it's that's like wonder woman 84 long <laughs> one of the weak points of interstellar is definitely like when they're not in space you kind of tune out when they go back to earth with like casey affleck and jessica chastain it's kind of a snooze fest yep um why don't they one, just stay in space all the time one of my favorite uh letterbox reviews was if i was uh casey affleck's dad i'd look for a way to stay in space too or something like that <laughs> oh man casey affleck what a what a, what guy. a guy wait who <laughs> who are we talking about Oh, I saw, I'm going to have to, I don't know if we can talk about this on the podcast. I saw one of my favorite actors is getting canceled. I, I don't know how I feel about it. Okay. Maybe we'll, we'll talk about that off mic. How about that? Oh man. It's, it's tough time for me right now, Isaac. Yeah. I'm just going to leave it at that. Hey, it'll be okay. Thank you. Yep. Don't worry. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't, I don't, I don't actually... know why all my favorite actors get canceled. I don't, I don't know what it, what the deal is. Yeah. It's kind of making me question my taste, uh, <laughs> my, my judgment in you, Eric. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I Okay, so do you have any final thoughts about our friend Christopher Nolan? Apparently, he's a very nice person. I don't have anything to say about him. Um, yeah. Thank you for making amazing movies, Christopher Nolan. If you're oh, listening. yeah. That's all I got to say. Yep. Thank you for making some great flicks. We hope you make more. We hope that theaters don't die. Yep, yep. We don't. We have faith that they won't. But I respect the fight. I respect the fight. Yes. Yep. Yep. So, thank you guys for tuning in. Please remember to rate, review, subscribe, and if you know a Nolan fanboy or a fan of Mr. Christopher Nolan, please share this episode with them. We really appreciate it. We really appreciate you taking the time. And please hit us up on social media for any thoughts that you have about this episode and we will put out um, on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook, some of the stuff that Eric and I talked about, but thank you for joining us and y'all have a great night and the fire rises or no. Remember what Neil says at the end of uh tenant. What does he say? He says, see you at the beginning. Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. Trippy. I saw, last thing, I saw something really funny. It was like uh, A Star is Born where he's in the car and he goes, hey, and she turns around, but it's it's Neil and the protagonist and the protagonist goes, I just want to get another look at you. <laughs> oh, man. The, meme, the memes are already starting. The memes are already starting. Crazy. Yep. All right. We will see you later. Eric, thank you for this awesome conversation about Christopher Nolan. We'll have many more in the future. For sure. All right. Y'all take care. We'll see you later.